Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Well, uncharted waters, <laughs> uncharted waters. I recall when my family took a trip, we went to Antarctica. It's a very unusual thing, as my daughter who's here knows. And it's, it's amazing to think that this, this continent was just discovered in the 1800s. It was just discovered in the 1800s. It's an absolutely beautiful place. I mean, the, the majesty of it. Wow, you can really feel the presence of God in that place. It's just so magnificent in, in like every way possible. It's so beautiful, but it's unbelievable in the whole history of the world. It's only even just been discovered in the 1800s, and it really wasn't explored at all until the 1900s. Friends, this is recent. This is a continent. This is one of the biggies. It was not even explored till the 1900s. And in fact, of course, we know the, the famous uh, uh, race to the South Pole. But after the two teams made it to the South Pole in the early 1900s, the third team ever to reach the South Pole was not until the late 1950s. The late 1950s. That was within the lifetime of some of you who are watching here today. Really remarkable. It's amazing. It had been totally uncharted. I couldn't help but think, I mean, so few people have been to Antarctica in, in human history that even today very few people visit it, that certain places where our foot where our foot's touch, it's, it's very likely and possible that certain places, maybe no human being ever set foot there. It's really interesting to think about that. And, and the explorers who did this, if you study the history of the exploration of Antarctica, and it's, it's, it's fascinating, these were pioneers. Truly, these were pioneers. It makes me think of, uh, it makes me think of Star Trek to boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs> Star Trek. That's right. You know, I've been uh, introducing my, my teenagers to Star Trek, and we're late now in the Next Generation series. And so uh, it, it's, it's such so interesting to look at these explorers, and it's in our nature to be explorers. But uncharted waters are oftentimes fraught with danger. As, as the explorers of Antarctica found out. I mean, the, the second set of people, of course, who, who did reach the South Pole didn't, didn't, make it, didn't make it back home. 
It's not easy to know where you're going if there are uncharted waters. Why? Because they haven't been put on the chart yet. You don't know where you're going. You're, you're, you're walking a little bit blindly to a certain extent. Bereshit, let's go to the Torah, to the famous story of the Akita. You know this well. I told you earlier we'd be talking about Abraham and Isaac. But I have kind of a new insight for you today that I think is going to speak to you and I think is particularly timely given this season that we're living in here and have gone through. Genesis chapter 22, please, starting in verse 1. Listen to the words here. Now, it was after these things that God tested Abraham. Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, hineni, which means here I am or here am I, he said. Then he said, take your son. God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah, Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains about which I will tell you. Very interesting. Did, did, you, did you read the words very carefully, though? Because it has a nuance here that perhaps you've never noticed if you've read that story many times, as have I. Because you have to understand that Abraham would have been in Beersheba when God told him this. And if you know anything about Israeli topography and geography, the journey would be fairly long from Beersheba all the way to Mount Moriah, the, the region of Moriah, um, which of course is present-day Jerusalem. And the journey would be fairly long. Just the elevation climb alone would have been about 1,600 feet in elevation climb over the course of the travel from Beersheba to Jerusalem. Not easy, especially in those, those days when they're walking, right? Or maybe, maybe with a donkey or something. But, but look carefully at what the Scripture says in Genesis 22. God didn't tell him exactly where he was going. He just told him an area that he was going to. That's exactly what it says. He said that he would tell him once he got there, what mountain he should go to. It's a, go to the, the region of Moriah, Moriah and, and there I will show you a mountain to go to. So he's going to show him which mountain. He doesn't even know exactly where he's going, and it's in a region that he is not uh, as near as familiar with for sure. So not only was Abraham asked in this stunning test, not only was he asked to sacrifice his son Isaac, but even, even the directions were unclear as to exactly where he was going. <laughs> you got to think about this for a second. The, the, these are the practical realities of the, the Word of God. I love the Word of God. There's so many insights in God's Word. So many instructive things that teach us lessons if we really pay attention. That's why the Word of God is just so deep. You could study it all your life and you're really just scratching the surface. There's so much depth to it. Sometimes we think of the Word of God as, as uh, stories, but these were not just stories, these were real people. And you have to put yourself in the shoes, or perhaps sandals, of Avraham Avinu, Abraham our father, as God was telling him to do this. And, and the directions were not crystal clear. Even the directions themselves were unclear as to exactly where he was going. And recognize, too, that there were potential challenges and difficulties even along the way. You didn't know if there were robbers or, or people who were going to 
uh, try to give them grief along the way. Uh, the roads were, were not paved so nicely like they are today. They didn't have ways. I love ways, okay? <laughs> but they didn't have ways. Exactly where, what, what do you put into ways if God says, go to the region of Moriah, and then I'll tell you a mountain to go to once you're there. Well, well I guess you just plug in under ways, region of Moriah? What, what, do, you, <laughs> what do you put into your, into your uh, machine, right? Your GPS. But, and so there was great uncertainty here. I want you to think about this for just a minute. Avraham Avinu, Abraham our father, was asked to do this impossible thing. Yet, the path ahead was so unclear that he didn't even know exactly where he was going. So you've got this, this com compounding of uncertainties and, and seeming confusion. Nor did he know, of course, why God was asking him to do this. It wouldn't have made sense in the natural. What is all this stuff put together? All this stuff is uncharted waters. He didn't know where he was going in so many different levels. He, he couldn't have known where he was going. He had not been to any of these places where God was telling him to go emotionally. You understand. So what happened? We continue to take the story, and we'll skip down to verse 4 now, where it says, On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from a distance. It took three days to walk from Beersheba to Jerusalem to Jerusalem. Three days. Now this makes sense if you understand the geography of Israel. That, that, that sounds about right. But you have to think about it. These are three days of uncertainty. Three days of pain. Three days of grief. You have to think that Abraham was grieving in part, yet Abraham did it. It makes you think, and I, and I was contemplating the story, which obviously I've read before, and it makes you think, why did God make him travel these three days instead of just going ahead and getting it over with right then? I mean, wouldn't the test have been just as valid in Beersheba? You have to think that it would have been much easier for Abraham in Beersheba, a place that he lived in, and was very familiar with. But no, this was not God's plan. God didn't make it so easy as to have it be in Beersheba. He wanted him to travel these three days. Uncharted waters. God wanted to have Abraham walk for what probably seemed to him like forever. In faith, for three days, all the time considering what God was asking him to do, but not knowing exactly how everything was going to turn out. I mean, God had promised that Isaac was the son of promise. How could God have asked this? It gave Abraham plenty of time to think about it and to really think about his decision. 
we read in the Berchad Shah where it, it says that Abraham thought and figured that, well, if, if, if he went through with it, that God could raise Isaac from the dead, which is true, but an incredible faith. But you have to know that all this was going through his mind. And he was thinking and he was contemplating and, and, and trying to figure out why and what is this and what's the plan and I don't have a clue of what's going on. Why am I being asked to do this? He's the son of promise. He's the son of my old age. He's my son, my only son, as God said, whom I love. And remember the whole time as he was walking for these day after day after day, he was with Isaac. He was with him the whole time. Man, I can't even fathom such a thing. It's unfathomable to me to even contemplate such a thing. Oh my gosh. What must have been going on through this guy's head? This was a human being like you and me. So eventually what happens? They arrive, they find the area. And as Abraham and Isaac begin walking to Mount Moriah, which I assume you know in case you don't know, Mount Moriah is the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. It is the Temple Mount. Everything you see on the news, where the first and second temple stood, where the mosque stands today, this is the Temple Mount where, where Abraham arrived. This is the place God chose. For the, for the sacrifice, right? For the binding of Isaac. And when they arrived there, Isaac had a question for his father. And I think it's a pretty reasonable question. But yet further goes to demonstrate the strangeness of the whole situation and the uncertainty of it. Genesis 22, starting in verse 7. Then Isaac said to Abraham, his father, my father, Abba. Then he said, here I am, my son. He, uh, Isaac said, look, here's the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Good question. Verse 8, Abraham said, mm, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. The two of them then walked on together. Mm. So friends, here they are walking, and then what do they? What happens? Even more uncertainty. Isaac is now bringing in uncertainty, and he's confused. He doesn't understand here. Isaac asks this very understandable question, where is the lamb? Where is the sacrifice? If you go fishing, what do you bring? You bring a fishing pole. <laughs> I mean, right? That, that's just... That's fishing 101. If you want to make a meal, you got to have the ingredients for the meal. If you go on a, on a bear hunt, if you, you bring a gun. <laughs> not that I have a clue. I, you know, hunting is not, I, I've certainly never been on any kind of a bear hunt. But if I did, I would bring a gun <laughs> if I ever went on a bear hunt, which I don't plan to do. But if I did, I would bring. A gun, okay. So you see, th there's this uncertainty, more uncertainty. Again, more uncertainty here. And now they're almost at the place where the sacrifice will occur. 
And so they're, they're getting ready for the sacrifice, but there's not the key element in the sacrifice, which is the sacrifice, the lamb. And it's clear as you hear them talking to each other how unusual it is for Abraham and Isaac not to be prepared. And typically, they're, they're totally prepared. You can tell by the tone and tenor of their conversation that usually, man, they have their ducks lined up or their lambs lined up. <laughs> Maybe we should say, usually they're ready to go, right? But, but, but here they were. These were uncharted waters. But at this point, Abraham invokes the Almighty. He tells his son that God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. This message is deep on so many levels. First, and, and certainly most obviously, it is a profound prophecy. Because God did indeed provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering in the person of Yeshua the Messiah. God provided a, for himself a lamb. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And where would God provide this Lamb for all of our sins? What location? Oh, coincidentally, not on the exact same mountain, Moriah. This is where Yeshua would be sacrificed for us on that same mountain. And we're going to get back to this in just a minute. But in addition to the long-term prophecy, which is so clearly uh, alluding to Yeshua, there was also the short-term practical reality. Right? They're, they're there. Abraham didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but he trusted that God would provide the answer. He didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but he knew who did know the answer. Right? Even in this most uncertain moment of his life, Abraham was trusting in God. Did you hear that? I want to say it again. Even in this most, oh, some of you are, are getting it here that maybe the Lord's talking to you. Even in this most uncertain moment of Abraham's entire life, he still was trusting in God. There's a reason that Abraham is a friend of God. Even in the most uncertain moment. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC last week, just last week, published a, a survey that revealed that the percentage of people in the United States who have contemplated suicide since the pandemic started is way, way higher than the same period last year. For those who are aged 18 to 24, it was nearly one in four. Mental health in our country is under severe, heavy attack right now. 
Depression is widespread amongst all people groups. And why? (laughs) Because there's this huge level of uncertainty right now in our country with people so isolated and so many things that have had to change so suddenly. People's lives have been turned over and changed and everything we're doing, even if it's not affecting you tremendously, your whole life though, this is different. Things are different than they were before. People are feeling it. My friends, I I don't think this is going to come as a shock to you, but I hope you're starting to see some of the parallels because we are very much in uncharted waters in America right now and really across the world, if you're watching anywhere in the world. These are uncharted waters. Who's been through anything like this? They had a pandemic of 1918. Through 1920. Okay, nobody's still around from back then who who can remember and share with us great insights. Nobody's experienced this personally. We are in uncharted waters, my friends. The advice you get from from the experts seems to change day to day. And, And we're trying to figure this out. And God bless them. I sure do appreciate our first responders and our scientists and our and our healthcare workers who are literally putting their lives on the line, man, I sure do appreciate it. But these are uncharted waters. Exactly how do we handle things like this? And the depression and the uncertainty and the confusion and not knowing where we're going and not knowing the timing. The vaccine is coming. Do we take the vaccine? Is it going to be effective? But there's multiple vaccines, and, and, and how do they work, and what are the side effects, and, and is there going to be concern in that regard? When should they be taken? Some people won't say, there's just great uncertainty. Does it mean we don't need to wear masks? No, no, we get to keep our masks. Do we social? When does that stop? When do we go back to eating in a restaurant, typically, with all the tables open? When do we? There's so much uncertainty in the world right now. This is no surprise to you. It's, it's incredible uncertainty. These waters are truly uncharted. Beloved, here's the good news on Rosh Hashanah. When explorers discovered Antarctica through these uncharted waters, God was not surprised at the discovery. (laughs) He he was not surprised at the discovery. God did not say, OMG, a whole new continent. Oh my goodness, I never had, I had no idea. There's a whole new continent. Hey, Gabe, Gabriel, hey, Gabe, check it out. It's a new continent. No, no, he was not surprised. (laughs) He was not stunned. Why? Because God knew exactly where Antarctica was. He was fully aware And God knew exactly where Mount Moriah was. And God knew precisely where the lamb would be and where it would be found for the offering. And God knows exactly the path through COVID-19. And God knows precisely 
the path through your health issues. And God knows exactly how to make your finances work and how they will work. God knows what your future holds. He knows. My gosh, how reassuring is this? How encouraging is this? And Abraham trusted God. Why do you think it was that Abraham trusted in God so much when God said to go somewhere? Go to this place. I'll let you know where once you get there. Man, I mean, what, what person would typically just do that? Just go that direction. I'll let you know. Well, where am I going? I'll let you know once you get there. I'll let you know. What? How did Abraham have this trust of God, especially with the instructions he gave him regarding Isaac? Well, Abraham had some experience. Genesis chapter 12. Let's go back in time when God called him out of Ur. Then Adonai said to Abraham, verse 1, get going out from your land and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land I will show you. My heart's desire is to make you into a great nation, to bless you, to make your name great so that you may be a blessing. My desire is to bless those who bless you but whoever curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. See, my friends, when Abraham left Ur, God told him to go and that he would show him what land to go to. See, Abraham had already experienced the faithfulness of God. He had already experienced God's faithfulness. When God said go, Abraham went. And, and it certainly worked out for him as God said he'd bless all the nations of the world through Abraham. He trusted God, but it still took great faith on Abraham's part. Are you listening? Are you listening? It still took great faith on Abraham's part to go when God said go. Do you trust God? In many ways, this is all about your will versus God's will. Do you trust God enough to turn over your life to his will? To turn over your will to his will? Not my will, but yours be done, oh God. Are you watching Rosh Hashanah services because you feel obligated? Or because it's you so passionately love God, the Almighty God, that you are zealous to turn your life over to him? You have to examine your own heart. You love him, and you know that regardless of the current circumstances, regardless of the current circumstances, he loves you, and he's looking out for your best interests. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. See, is this part of your heart, does this engender uh, trust from you in your heavenly Father? Think about this. This relates so much to Abraham and Isaac, and this whole story relates so much to where we are at today. Oh my gosh, with the level of uncertainty that there is today in this world, it's understandable why people have all these issues going on and the mental health issues, but you need to know what the Word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. God says, cast all your worries on Him because He cares for you. Cast your cares, your worries on him. He cares for you. 
I know these are uncharted waters. I get it. But we got to give it to the Lord. He loves you. He cares for you. Sincerely. Cast your worries on him. Don't worry already. It's a Jewish gene, you know. You know, the, the scientists at the, at the CDC did a very deep DNA uh, evaluation and found that Jewish people have a worry gene. I'm kidding about this, okay? I'm kidding about this. But you know what? Uh, knowing our people throughout the centuries, all of our Jewish moms and grandmothers, yes, you know, they, they probably will discover that at some point. And, uh, and, and, but, but God didn't place it there, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's our people. But God loves us. He says, cast our cares, our worries on him. He cares for us. See, beloved, this is why God sent his son, Yeshua, as an atonement for us. This is the reason. Because he loves us so much. This is why he wants to take it from you. The, the, the pain, the, the, the depression, the uncertainty, the worry, the doubt, the confusion. He wants to take it from you. Why? Because he loves you so much. This is why he sent Yeshua. This is why God our Father, Heavenly Father, sent his son Yeshua into this world. It's, it, it, it's become a bit cliche, but listen to the words because it has direct application of what we're talking about. In the book of Yochanan, chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not put his trust in the name of the one and only Ben Elohim, Son of God. Friends, Yeshua is the lamb that Abraham spoke of on Mount Moriah when he said that God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And this is why Yeshua came, to set us free from the penalty of sin. It only makes sense, my friends, that there is a penalty for sin. Why sin is being disobedient to God. God cannot look upon sin, we read from the Tanakh. This is why the whole animal sacrificial system was set up in, in the Torah and that we read about regarding the temple. And Yeshua took the place of that animal that was sacrificed for our sins. Why? As it says in Yochanan, because he loved us so much. For God so loved the world. And friends, he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. And he is with you. You've got to understand, my friends, if you're putting your trust in him, that's a big if. Friends, he is going to be with you through thick and thin. You've got to know it. You've got to rely on it, especially when you're in uncharted waters. And many of you in your lives in some form or fashion, whether it be relationally, health-wise, financially, socially, these are some uncharted waters that we're in right now. You've got to trust in him because he's with you. Let this, listen to these words and let this sink in 
into your spirit on this special day of Rosh Hashanah. From Yeshayahu, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, starting in verse 1, verse 1. Listen to this and, and, and receive it into your heart. I really want you to think about these words. But now, thus says Adonai, the one who created you, O Jacob, the one who formed you, O Israel. This is what God is saying. Here he says this to you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Or through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor will the flame burn you. For I am Adonai, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Mm, your Savior. Whew. Wow, I don't know about you guys, but that encourages me. Oh, thank you, Lord. That lifts me up to know that the Lord is with me through all the uncertainty, everything that the world could throw at me. He will be with me no matter what's going on. It reminds me of, there's a, a relatively new and a very special song in the believing world called The Blessing. I love this song. It's just so powerful and anointed. And it reminds me of this as I think about this and I reflect on this scripture in our life because God is for you. God is for you. He is for you. He is for you. God is for you. When you go through the pandemic, he will be with you. For he knows the next chapters of your life. He knows the difficulties in your life that you are going through. He feels your pain. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He knows what's around that corner. He can be trusted. Situations are temporary. God is eternal. As it says in Isaiah, he is our Savior. We do not need to fear, for he is with us. Praise the living God. Baruch Hashem. This is the truth. This is what the Word of God teaches us. Don't rely on stale manna, words that, 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 that don't have any real meaning to you. God is a real God that wants to have a connection with you personally because he loves you and wants to be with you through all these different trials in life. If you will invite him in and let him, do you hear me? Believe it. I want you to believe it. Don't rely on tradition alone. Rely on the one who formed the world in the beginning. Rely on the one who formed earth's foundations. You can have a relationship with him because he knows you. He knows your future. He provides certainty in uncertainty. I love that one of our leaders, Steve Moore, shared that last week in our leadership meeting. I'm going to say it again. God provides certainty in 
uncertainty. So my friends, we don't need to fear uncharted waters. We just need to turn the wheel over to the one who has everything charted. The title of my message is Charted Waters. Let's bow our heads. If you're here, if you're watching this rather, or listening, and you have been greatly affected by the uncertainty that's in the world right now, man, I want to encourage you. You don't have to know what the future holds. You just have to know he who holds the future. If that's you and you've been torn up even on the inside, you've maybe battled depression or angst, frustration, anger, let me pray for you. Avinu Shabbat Father in heaven, Lord, I pray for anybody who's watching or listening to this who's been struggling in their lives in certain areas. They've had heartache through this. It's been hard adjustments. Change is never easy. And this season, this country has gone and it's just been, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. So Lord, touch each and every person, God, and give them the peace that passes understanding that can only come through a relationship with you. And God, speaking of, if, if you're listening or watching this right now and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your atonement, repeat this prayer after me and the Lord will come into your heart and you'll be changed because he is the lamb. He is that burnt offering. And because he was the son of God himself, Yeshua, his blood being perfect, atoned for the sins of all the world. Repeat this prayer. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I need something different in my life. I need the Messiah. I believe Yeshua is the Messiah, risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins, God. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the peace in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, send us an email and let us know because we just want to celebrate with you. Thank you, Lord God, for these Rosh Hashanah services, these Yom Teruah. They've been just so amazing. God, I'm looking forward to the, the shofar calls, which Steve, and I'm just so thrilled to have Steve back with us for this special holiday. What a treat that Steve's going to be sharing in just a couple minutes, Lord. And please uh, accept that in this whole service in our lives as a sacrifice of praise unto you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for, for providing that certainty in the midst of uncertainty. Oh, bless you, God. I thank you for these things. B'Shem Yeshua, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, 
please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.